you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbiotica is your solution to great-tasting all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or artificial nonsense. It's just pure goodness in every pouch. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, and that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. That's C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A.com. Hey there, everybody. It is Wednesday, April 20th, 2022. Welcome to the NFL Fantasy Football Podcast, where we're still open to making a trade somewhere in the first round. It's been your man, MG Marcus Grant. Randy is at the controls. Michael F. Florio is off today. Uh, he's doing stuff with the fam. I actually think, uh, you know, I know there is a, uh, a top golf that opened uh, in El Segundo down near the beach. And uh, it's brand new. Everybody's like clamoring to get in. I believe Florio has been standing in line since Saturday. And I think he's hoping to get on the <laughs> tee at some point this afternoon. So uh, sitting in in his place. Uh, a friend of the show, just a friend in general, a researcher extraordinaire. If you listened to our previous shows, you know him previously as our fantasy nerd. Uh, he is uh, one of the many people I go to when I want to talk about wide receivers. Uh, it is the one and only Matt Okada. Matt, appreciate you sitting in, man. How are things? Absolutely. Glad to be back. Um, things are great. It is almost draft time, which is one of the best times of the year. And uh, I'm excited for it. Yeah, uh, definitely wanted to get you you on here and pick your brain about some of these wide receiver prospects because uh, I think when it comes to the offensive skill positions, this is probably the deepest group of that. So I uh, wanted to kind of get your thoughts on on some of the guys here. Also, though, I, I know I said this last week, we were kind of hoping maybe to get you on last week, but you uh, were called to perform your civic duty uh, at jury duty. I also, at the time I threw in, uh, I threw in a, a plea to the people at LA County and the LA County court system that if they could <laughs> somehow excuse you, uh, we would be grateful. And it turns out, I don't think it had anything to do with my plea, but you have been excused, but you were almost going to rub elbows with, I use celebrities in air quotes. You were going to rub elbows <laughs> with some, uh, some big name people potentially had you been called to a jury uh, called it to, to jury service yeah so as it happens i actually did rub elbows with them i just didn't get put on the jury long term but they called me into the courtroom so i don't i think i'm pretty sure i can talk about all this since i'm not on the jury and right. also yeah so it it's a kardashian case the whole kardashian family is being sued by black china 
long story. I don't really understand it. I didn't research it because I wasn't supposed to, <laughs> per the instructions of the judge. Uh, but yeah, so they all they all were walking right by me when I came in and sat in the courtroom the first day. They were sitting right behind me. So uh, yeah, I was ten feet away from all the Kardashians. I can tell you that Kim is tiny, a lot smaller <laughs> than you would expect, and they all look like more relatively normal. I hope that's not insulting, but no. you you think like you imagine that they look like you know very plastic or mm. or like super super celebrities. Like oh my gosh, who is that person? They pretty <laughs> much look like like. Good-looking, normal people. So that was my takeaway. All right. Experience. Well, it's uh, always always interesting. I was I was mentioning last week that jury service in Los Angeles is sort of a different animal. Um, mm-hmm. but the the time I was called, I didn't get put on a jury, but I had to go through the whole waiting process. And uh, I mentioned that on the walls of the the lobby where I had to wait were pictures of celebrities who had previously had jury service, sort of like when you go yep. to a restaurant and they have pictures up of celebrities who've eaten there. Uh, you know, I think there were pictures of like Harrison Ford, for instance, because he had yep. been called to jury duty <laughs> at the courthouse. So I was uh, I was walking by a security guard. This was a funny little side note. And I heard him and another security guard talking about how the Kardashians had been brought through like the special truck unloading entrance <laughs> because they're such high celebrities. To the point where the guy said, yeah, I remember when we had Michael Jackson's family in here and they just came in the normal way. So I don't know why the Kardashians are so important that they get to come in through a secret entrance. Oh, wild. that is amazing. That is absolutely amazing. Well, uh, glad to have you. We got plenty to talk about. Uh, we'll do some headlines and then we'll talk some wide receivers a little bit later on in the show. Want to start? Interestingly enough, I, I maybe I've jinxed this. I said before we started recording that we were past the point of the year where we would just randomly have breaking news pop up out of nowhere that we could just kind of talk and whatever. Uh, this just tweeted by Jeff Darlington as we started recording this show. Breaking news. I just spoke to wide receiver Debo Samuel, and he told me that he has asked the 49ers to trade him. He did not want to discuss specific reasons behind his request, but he has indeed let the 49ers know his desire to leave the organization more to come. So. Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> right. Uh, I'm still sort of processing this right now. I don't I don't know if there's much to be said other than what, what you kind of said. Wow, wow, wow. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, after what he did this year, uh, which was an amazing season, uh, kind of a hybrid sort of player, um, Ebo Samuel's out there. Um, I would imagine, Matt, there will be plenty of people interested uh, if Debo Samuel really, truly wants to leave San Francisco. Yeah, I mean, I, I imagine, if I had to guess, because, you know, other than this, other than the money, everything has been going well for those guys. Mm-hmm. But the money, from what I remember, he wanted to be, like, not just the highest paid wide receiver, but one of the highest paid players in the NFL because of how unique his skill set was and how much he bring, brought to the 49ers offense, which was basically the whole thing uh, in, in his defense. So that's going to be the one question mark is if somebody is going to trade for him because the talent is there, are they going to, they're going to probably have to do it telling Debo in advance, unless he doesn't have any part in it, we're going to pay you. And if they don't, then he's just going to not want to play for that team. So that's going to be a wasted effort. So it is he going to go and help somebody? Almost certainly, yes. Who's it going to be is a very interesting question. That is a very interesting question. I do know, you know one of the uh, talking points around the league this offseason has been that everybody wants to find, you know, the quote-unquote, the next Debo Samuel. Yep. Um now it could be that you know the original Debo <laughs> Samuel is there to be had for somebody. Uh, so uh, we will certainly keep tabs on it. Again, this literally is just coming across Twitter as we started recording this show. So uh, there's only the very basics about it uh, to to talk about. So we don't we don't really have much beyond there. So we'll we will definitely uh, talk about it more once we all know more. Um, but let's get us to some other headlines now. Strangely enough, I mean, I had you on to talk about wide receivers. It turns out a lot of the interesting headlines had to be wide receiver based. It was not planned that way, just kind of a coincidence. The first one uh, being Patrick Mahomes talking about Nicole Hardman saying he doesn't have to be Tyreek Hill in order for the Chiefs offense to be successful again. Okay, that's certainly nice. We have in fantasy sort of been waiting 
for another Chiefs receiver to emerge. Travis Kelsey has been great. Tyreek Hill was great for all those years. But we've kind of been trying to wait for somebody else, whether it was Mecole Hardman, whether it was Byron Pringle. Uh, I keep coming back to the fact that they they tried to shoehorn Josh Gordon in at some point, too. Um, is there an easy way? Is there a one-to-one way to replace Tyreek Hill? At least for fantasy, is there a guy that maybe we should be focusing on as the potential Tyreek Hill replacement? Woof. I mean, <laughs> for for the Chiefs, there's absolutely no one-to-one answer. And for us, I don't think there's something super close to a one-to-one answer. Now, I do think that either one of the guys they signed this offseason or a pick in the draft, if they take one in the first couple rounds, could be the ideal pick and with Mahomes at quarterback and all those targets gone they could be a very productive pick for fantasy one of the issues is I don't know which one it's going to be um (laughs) because none of them exactly fill into Tyreek Hill's skill set because no one in the NFL except Tyreek Hill does that and the the guys that they do have now they all have you know pieces of his skill set or good pieces of another wide receiver skill set but not enough to fill in that full gap so I think that Juju's going to get a lot of the targets. MVS is going to get a lot of the deep work. Travis Kelsey's going to get his. Mecole is going to probably keep doing what Mecole does, maybe a little bit more, which is be sort of a Tyreek Hill light, but less well-rounded and less fast. Uh, still fast, but less fast because everybody is. <laughs> yeah, it's it's. I, I, I want to wait to see who they take in the draft. If they take someone, it might shake things up quite a bit. I think I think that's probably fair. I, I do think it's it's going to be a piecemeal situation, as you mentioned. Juju is there; he takes some of that work. MVS potentially takes some of that work, um, but I don't know that we're going to suddenly lean and say, "Hey, look, this is the guy, and and this is the guy that we should all target." I feel like it is going to be kind of a wait and see. Um, I guess the upside is you have whoever it is, whoever it's going to be, catching passes from Patrick Mahomes, working in an offense that is you know coordinated and run in some combination by Eric Bieniemy and Andy Reid. So those things on on their own are are reasons to be optimistic, but you're right. Um I mean let's be let's be honest here. Nobody expected Tyreek Hill to be Tyreek Hill when he first True. came into the league. I mean, this is a late round draft pick. Uh, you know, that 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 blossomed into one of the top receivers in the league, but there was no expectation uh, when he was first drafted that he was going to become the, the player that he has. And I'll say this, over the years, the Chiefs have not been particularly great at drafting the wide receiver position. They haven't admittedly spent a ton of draft capital doing it. Um, I think the last first round wide receiver they took was John Baldwin. I think it was back in 2012, I think it was. Um, That didn't work out at all. So uh, other than that, they have not really been great at drafting the position. So we'll see if they do, you know, if they do target somebody, how that sort of works out. In the meantime, how this combination of, of wide receivers they currently have on the roster sort of sort of come into play there. Um, in Arizona, A.J. Green has re-signed with the Cardinals for another year and uh, recently said he, he admits that he did not have great chemistry with Kyler Murray last year. Now, I will say this. What A.J. Green did last year in Arizona was beyond my expectations. I, I figured, you know, he was leaving Cincinnati after all those years, those last couple of years with the Bengals. Uh, he was really dealing with some nagging injuries that kept him off the field, just kind of made him generally unproductive. But then, you know, he gets to Arizona, 54 catches, 848 yards, three touchdowns. I know that doesn't sound spectacular, but for a guy who was 33 and coming off a, a bunch of injuries, I thought that was more than than I was expecting. Uh, this is kind of a similar situation though, to, to Kansas city, maybe not, maybe not one-to-one. I I don't think anybody compares Christian Kirk to Tyreek Hill, but you are talking about losing a guy that was a big part of their passing game that they use to kind of open up the field a little bit more to use as a deep threat. Uh, we know Deandre Hopkins is still there and still going to get plenty of targets. How do they, how do they fill in that number two spot though? Is, is AJ green still potentially that guy? Is it Rondale Moore? Is it like we talked about with the Chiefs? Is it some composite of multiple guys that fills that void there? 
Uh, well, the first thing I'll say is the Jaguars apparently think Christian Kirk is Tyreek Hill. <laughs> they, they, they so, do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know why. And the nice thing about that problem, if you can call it that, is that the hole that Christian Kirk leaves, like you mentioned, is not quite the same as the hole that Tyreek Hill leaves. So it should be a little bit easier to fill. Will it be a one-to-one? Possibly. I think more likely to be a one-to-one than obviously the Tyreek situation. And if somebody does that, I would expect it to be Rondale Moore. I'm not a huge, I wasn't a huge and am not still a huge Rondale Moore truther, but he does have a lot of talent, a lot of explosiveness, and he could take a big step forward in his second year, maybe break out to some degree and fill up that quote-unquote void left by Christian Kirk, which is like eight to 900 yards and five touchdowns. So it's not that hard to do. Um, but if he doesn't, yeah, I think it can be a bit of a composite of the other guys that are there. And I think the real question is, what's going to be, what's going to happen with Kyler Murray? And is he going to be, is he going to build the chemistry that he needs to with these guys? Because he's not currently building the chemistry with the Cardinals organization in general. A lot <laughs> of question marks there. And if he's not going to report until he signs, we need him to sign quick so that he can report quick. So that they can start building this chemistry. And if they do, I think they have the pieces to be an incredible offense where a lot of these guys are productive. He, yeah, the Kyler situation has been weird. Uh, mm-hmm. I guess it's probably the best way to put it, right? Yep. I mean, uh, you know, you and I and Randy were joking before the show that, uh, you know, the new thing this offseason has been following athletes' social media and seeing, you know, whether they have unfollowed or refollowed their respective teams. Uh, Kyler was kind of at the forefront. He was kind of the trendsetter in that regard, right? Uh, You know, when he was unfollowing the Cardinals on on a whole lot of things. But, you know, the team team and the player have gone back and forth. Uh, I know he said that he doesn't plan to play without a new contract. Uh, It's it's been very weird. And you're right. That that is going to have a big impact um, on this offense this season. Nuke Hopkins is going to be Nuke, right? I think think at this point we sort of know that. Um, AJ Green has proven that he can be a, a consistent, proven playmaker, but but this is not nearly as good an offense, I don't believe. Uh, if if Kyler Murray isn't there uh, as the guy who's kind of the trigger man in this whole thing, I, I'm sort of with you on Rondale Moore. By the way, I I feel like he's kind of a nice, he's a, he's a decent piece, but I also don't know that he's a guy that you can rely on as anything more than a secondary option mm-hmm. uh, at this point. So uh, I don't know. How do you feel about the Cardinals offense? Because I know that, you know, when when Cliff Kingsbury came in, there was all this optimism and all this hope that he was going to, you know, just really light things up. Uh, and I feel like they've been fine, but but they haven't they haven't revolutionized the NFL. They haven't. Uh, they're not an offense. You know, I don't think we look at them the same way we looked at the Chiefs when they had it rolling. I, I don't know. I mean, how, how do you feel about about this this Cardinals offense this far into the Kingsbury experiment? Yeah, so I think there's a little bit of an issue with not having enough of the uh, speed explosive guys stepping up that Kingsbury would would like to really unlock this offense. Like Christian Kirk, despite his new contract, he never even had a thousand yards. How do you not have a thousand yards if you're (laughs) getting a contract like this and if you're being the two in an offense this good or the quarterback this good? So that was concerning, and I think they need to find those guys to unlock the offense completely. But I think also really relies a lot on Kyler Murray's health, because when he's been healthy the last two years, he's been incredible, and the offense has been kind of, you know, kit and caboodle with that. When he gets injured, or when he misses a few games, or when he's hampered a little bit, things fall by the wayside, his mobility comes down, and then that, you know, relocks the offense if his mobility unlocks it. Uh, and, and it just doesn't look the same. So I think there there may be another piece or two away or a full Kyler healthy season away from being that incredible offense we'd like to see. And I think they can still do it. Yeah, um, I think I think I think what we have seen, though, is kind of what it is, right? Like it's not mm-hmm. uh, this, this idea that that somehow Cliff Kingsbury was going to come in and be the next offensive genius and completely blow up the league like this. I feel like that that ship has sailed. Yeah, uh, at this point. Um, in Green Bay, we know the Packers very much in the market for a wide receiver after losing Devontae Adams, trading him away, I guess I should be more accurate with. Uh, they did sign Sammy Watkins to a one-year, $4 million contract. My first thought was, I want to see who the Packers 
play in week one because generally that's the Sammy Watkins week. Uh, that's the one time we can sort of count on. <laughs> so uh, I know the schedule is probably going to be out in the next few weeks. We'll see then. Um, but I guess similar to the last couple of questions. I mean, it, there's no easy way to replace a Devontae Adams, right? We know Alan Lazard is there. Uh, Sammy Watkins, the, they bring him in there. Uh, beyond that, I mean, there's nothing. Randall Cobb is still there. There's nothing very exciting about this uh this packer wide receiver group I, I would think they have to draft somebody although you know recent history suggests that uh you know the packers don't necessarily do what everybody feels like they have to do uh, i i guess same question though how do you go about replacing all the production you got out of a guy like Devontae adams yeah this is this is even tougher than tyreek honestly because tyreek is one of the best receivers in the league but his skill set is I guess you can say it's like identifiable and if you can find speed, you can help replace a lot of it. What Devontae Adams brought to the Packers is not even close to replaceable besides being arguably the best wide receiver in the league and doing it with a skill set that requires, you know, a ton of veteran knowledge, nuance, route running ability, and most importantly, uh, Aaron Rodgers phone number in his favorites and vice versa that's not going to happen with anybody else. And it's very hard to get into Aaron Rodgers' favorites in his phone. Um, so how do they do it? They try to throw a lot of darts and hope that one sticks. Sammy Watkins, I guess you could call a dart. I don't think it's a very good one. It's somewhere off the dartboard, and I would not draft him very highly. Uh, but they have two picks in the first round. To your point, they have not been doing what we think they should do, and especially at the <laughs> skill position spots. They have not invested highly, but if there's a time to do it, it is now because they still have Aaron Rodgers. They still have a good defense. They have an incredible run game. All they need is a couple weapons for Aaron Rodgers to help try to replace Devontae Adams, and they can make another run at an NFC Championship game at least. I won't say Super <laughs> they're probably going to lose in the NFC Championship game, but at least they can make it that far. So they, in my opinion, they absolutely have to invest one of those two picks in a wide receiver, I wouldn't hate them investing both in a wide receiver. And, and if they like a guy at the top of this class a lot, like I do, I would consider even maybe trying to package one of those later ones and some other stuff to move up a little bit and get the elite guy that they want rather than like picking a couple of the lower tier guys if that's what they're forced to do. Yeah, um, I, I just I'm so curious to see what they're going to do in the draft because, you know, it was a couple of years ago we thought they have to take a wide receiver, they've got to get some help for Devontae Adams, and then they go and they draft George Love, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and they draft AJ Dillon. It was like, wait, what? It didn't make any sense at the time. Uh, now here it is. They trade Devontae Adams away. They get some draft capital. Um, it just feels now like they they absolutely have to. I mean, they were. Uh, able to bring back Aaron Rodgers for at least one more year. Um, you know, I still think on paper, at least, they are probably still the best team in the NFC North. But I think unless they get some wide receiver help, uh, I, I don't even know if you can guarantee that NFC championship game for them. So, yeah. uh, you know, I'm very curious to see what happens. Uh, and, and we'll get into some of these wide receivers. And maybe there's one in here that uh, it sounds like there's one in here that you have in mind, potentially. Uh, would be a, a fit in Green Bay. So so maybe we can get to that too at, at some point a little bit later on. Uh, last bit of news. Uh, Tom Brady says, and, and I don't know how much of this is him being facetious and self-effacing or if he really means this, but he says, I know I don't have a lot left, but says there's still place for him on the field in the NFL. Now, Matt, this is coming from a guy who last year led the NFL in passing yards and passing <laughs> touchdowns, right? At 44 years old, he's going to be 45 in August, coming back for what is it, his 22nd, 23rd season, whatever it is. Um, I know people have people have lost fortunes betting against Tom Brady at this point in his career. But at the same time, eventually the fall off is going to come. Is this maybe, a, a, are the cracks starting to show? Is Tom Brady starting to maybe feel his age a little bit? Is, is this the beginning of the end for TB12? <sighs> I mean, is he starting to feel his age? I think we can probably say yes to that. 
But I think that for Tom Brady, starting to feel his age means it's like somewhere on the horizon and he can kind of see it. And he's got plenty <laughs> of time left before it gets here and he's going to throw in another season. I think that I mean that I think that's entirely why he came back, why he left and why he came back. He was starting to feel his age. It was at the end of the season. You feel a lot worse at the end of the season. He had just lost. And there was like, OK, you know what? I think this might be finally time. And then once he had his body recover a little bit, his mind recover a little bit. He said, wait a minute, I've still got at least a year left. I'm coming back again. And I think he 100% does. And kind of like, you know, Bill Belichick has built a reputation, except maybe in the Brady situation, for getting out of a guy the at the, just the right time, a year before they fall off. He's kind of built a reputation of doing that. I think at this point, we have to just, with Brady, agree that we're going to be a year late on predicting that he's going to fall off because I'm never going to do it again. I don't know if I have since I'm a Patriots fan at heart. I may never have actually done it, but I know that everyone else has, you know, five or six years ago, there are clips of people uh, in the big talk shows <laughs> saying he's fallen off a cliff. This is the last year. He's never going to be a great quarterback again. And he's, he's still the best, arguably the best in the league, uh, at least in terms of winning your game. So no, I don't think he's, I think he might not have a lot left, but I think he has plenty for this year. So I don't think he's falling off the cliff here. And I will not bet on it until he's retired for five years. And then I'll say, okay, he probably can't play quarterback anymore. I mean, I think that's probably fair, right? Like, I I think I have gotten out of the, you know, predicting Tom Brady's decline business, right? Uh, you know, I... I think I might have been one of those people four or five years ago saying, you know, the end is near, right? It was talk that his deep ball had fallen off, that he wasn't the same guy. I mean, uh, you know what? The last time we saw him throw a pass for the Patriots, it was a pick six in the playoffs. And we're like, well, that maybe that uh, maybe that's a wrap for Tom. And, and then he leaves and he goes and wins a Super Bowl you know, somewhere else. So uh, I am I'm definitely out of the business of saying Tom Brady is done. He he will tell us when he is officially done and uh, i mean who knows maybe it's after this year maybe it's still a couple more years maybe he really does play until he's 50 years old who uh, who knows at this point but uh i i'm not going to bet against tom brady and i i feel like this was a little bit of him uh trying to to be humble maybe trying to to show his human side other than this i do feel like tom brady has been a little more I won't say of a regular person, but he's shown oh, yeah. a little bit more of his human side since he left since he left New England. He, yep. he tends to be more humorous, more open. Uh, whoever runs his social media account is really good at it. Yep. Uh, I'm sure he, they get paid a lot. I'm sure they get paid a lot. And uh, and and he comes off as very, very good and human. So uh, I, I will say we have seen a different side of Tom Brady since uh, since he left the Patriots. So that's that's entertaining. And yeah, I, I'm curious whether that is because he left the Patriots and got out from the evil empire or if he's just like trying to set himself up for pro foot or like post football celebrity hood and um, so he's putting in the effort now maybe this feels like both. this feels like a both things can be true yeah. sort of situation yeah i uh you know it's funny too because i uh I, I sort of parallel this as i'm watching this to to late career kind of kobe bryant even too because i mm. i had always felt like it, it felt like kobe was so focused on basketball that I felt like maybe he would be lost whenever his playing days were done. And, you know, tragically, we didn't get to see a long post-basketball career uh, period for, for Kobe Bryant. But in the time that he was not playing, uh, you know, he really opened up and he really had a whole, you know, showed that he had a whole diverse set of interests. And he was, you know, kind of getting into entertainment and producing and just doing, you know, doing a whole lot of other things. And so uh, I feel like maybe this is uh, sort of the pivot that Tom Brady is trying to to create now too because you know regardless of when he's done it, it probably is coming sooner than later so uh you know uh, I'm, I'm very interested to see kind of what's next for him uh, all right let's take a quick break come back and then we're gonna get into the meat of this we're gonna talk some wide receiver prospects because we are officially eight days from the start of the nfl draft so uh, we'll talk some wide receivers coming up after the break on the nfl fantasy football show you go into your shower feeling tired but as soon as you reach for the irish spring your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. 
Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A.com. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values. Premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary. Indulge your senses and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbionica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbionica.com. C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A.com. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values. Premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary. Indulge your senses and supports a greener tomorrow. 
Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. All right, we are talking wide receivers uh, with a certified wide receiver expert, I guess. Can we can we say expert? Is that fair? Sure. All right. Scout, cool. scout, scout is a little bit. Expert gives me maybe a little too much credit. All right. We'll go scout then. That's fair. Uh, so a certified wide receiver scout, uh, Matt Okada. And when you look at all the skill positions, all the, uh, I will say, fantasy relevant positions, uh, the wide receiver group this year tends to be maybe the deepest. I know there's a lot of talk about the quarterbacks. Uh, you know, we have cherry picked, I think, some running backs here and there. There's usually one or two tight ends of note, but the wide receivers uh, continue to be kind of deep. So let's just start at the top. Uh, I know there are a handful of guys, and, and depending on who you ask, their number one wide receiver in this class might be different. Uh, so I will ask you, who is your number one wide receiver in this class? Yeah, but one of the things I like most about this class is how many different answers you get to this question, like you said, depending on who you ask. So there, I'm sure there'll be plenty of people who are in my mentions telling me I'm wrong for this, but <laughs> for me, it's Drake London, and I don't know how close it is for me. Mm. Uh, I have him like a whole grade level above the next tier of guys, in my opinion. And the main reason is because I think he has the best ability and chance to be a true number one superstar kind of wide receiver um he's got the size for it six four two ten to two fifteen somewhere in that range he's got the every bit of the uh contested catch ability he's got route running ability i know there are questions about his separation which we may get to i'm not too concerned with them He's got elite body control. He is a, a, incredible tracking the ball on deep passes. He's good after the catch, very good after the catch, very strong. He's extremely competitive, which is something that I like to see a lot, especially for guys that are going to be an alpha in this league if you want them to be. So he brings, he checks basically every box for me, and he checks higher on most of the boxes than, than everybody else in this class and then a lot of other guys in recent classes even especially with his size so i really think drake london has the best chance to be an alpha i think he has uh, even if you you know go away from the tape a little bit more towards his analytics his breakout age is really good his per game numbers have been incredible in, in the last few years so i think he can be a true one and he's my wide receiver one and honestly i'm leaning towards him as my number one pick if you're not in the super flex league even if you're in super flex wow. league, depending on where the quarterbacks go. All right. Um, so you mentioned his separation, and I know that's that's been the big knock on him, right? That he he's not a separator, at least on film. We had Emory Hunt on a couple of weeks ago, and and he sort of talked about that too. And and what Emory said was, you know, he's like, yeah, sure. When you when you see him at the catch point, maybe he doesn't have separation, but if you watch him in the route, he probably had separation moments earlier, and the throw was a little bit late. I mean, for you as somebody who spends a lot of time watching these guys, what is it about him that that doesn't really, you know, if if he doesn't get separation, what is it about you that does about him that doesn't worry you there? Yeah, I think it is a lot of that. I would agree, kind of, with that assessment. Um, I saw really good footwork from him. I saw it at the top of his route when he's when he's breaking out of his route, his snapback ability and his timing are incredible. And then the quarterback tends to maybe throw him a little less open than he should have been. Um, 
And, and I mean, for me, a lot of it, I, I look at guys like Mike Evans, right? And that's one of the comps he gets often. And in fact, I went back and pulled up a Mike Evans scouting report just to see what kind of things are being said in this regard. So I wrote them down. Here they are. This is this is what was being said about Mike Evans. Monotone mover with pedestrian speed cannot separate vertically or, or pull away from the pack. Unsudden acceleration, stiff hips, will have to make a living in traffic at the next level, will struggle to separate versus quick twitch NFL quarterbacks. That's a lot of the same stuff that the Drake London haters are saying. And I think we've seen Mike Evans show that that's not really a problem. And not just because he's one of the best contested catch receivers in the NFL and will make those catches even when he doesn't separate, but also because he does actually have the ability to separate, especially when he has a good quarterback who can throw, you know, at the right timings and when he finds that open window. So I see Drake London very similar to Evans in that way. I think he does have the ability to separate enough. And if and when he doesn't, He's coming down with the ball anyways, and I know that there are a lot of people who are concerned about uh, guys who rely on contested catch to succeed. I don't think London only relies on that to succeed. I just think that he will always succeed when that situation is asked of him. And I think that it is probably going to translate well into a lot of touchdowns, which is something we like for fantasy. So I'm really not, yeah, I'm not too concerned. I will say as as someone who watched a lot of UFC football games, uh, you know, I can I can attest that quarterback play was not always a strength <laughs> for the Trojans. Uh, no. and that, you know, that at a lot of times it was it was Drake London sort of bailing out the quarterback. I mean, it it in, in some ways it, it's it's nice to have that blank. It's nice to have that guy where you can say, hey, you know what, when all else fails, let's just throw it up in his direction and the chances are good he's going to make a play. Uh, it, it's good for on the field. I know it doesn't necessarily translate well into scouting that sometimes, you know, it, it maybe makes the wide receiver look like he's in a worse position, uh, than he may have been, uh, initially. So you talk about how much you love him. Do you look at him? I mean, the last couple of drafts have given us some really elite prospects, right? We had Jamar Chase last year. We had Justin Jefferson the year before. I mean, that's not even talking about some of the guys that went later who have been very good uh, so far in their young NFL careers. Are we talking about Drake London as that level? I mean, look, and look, it's not to say, look, if he's not Justin Jefferson, that doesn't mean he's a bad player. But but do you see him kind of on that level or is he maybe a little less than that? Uh, so what I'll, what I'll say is this, both those guys were viewed as potential superstar prospects and, you know, very high first round uh, capital type options. I think London is in that conversation. I'm not going to predict him to be that those guys. And I, if, and even if you just, you know, you gave me five to one odds on it, I probably wouldn't take it just because those guys have been record-setting, unbelievable, you know, I would call them generational, except that they both happen one after the <laughs> other, so you can't really say that, um, kinds of, of young wide receiver talent. So it, it's, it seems a little strong to predict him, project him to be that, but I do think he can fit in that conversation, and I think there's even maybe one or two other guys here who could. I, I wouldn't bet on it, but I would say it's possible, and it's more possible with Drake London for me than it is for most of this class. Yeah, uh, like I said, like like I said, just because he doesn't turn into Jamar Chase, uh, you know, as a rookie, doesn't mean I think he's a bad player, and 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 no one should think that. Uh, and and look, I feel like the last two guys uh, have set the bar really, really high. Um, and it's it's okay if maybe not everybody reaches quite that uh, that level. Look. If if Drake London helps get somebody to a Super Bowl, great. Uh, otherwise, I think we're, we can just settle for him being a very good wide receiver uh, other than that. A um, couple of Ohio State guys also sort of near the top of everybody's ranks. Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave. Uh, I know that you are very big on Chris Olave, and you're not the only one. Uh, you know, our, our pal Matt Harmon, who also spent a lot of time charting wide receivers, likes Chris Olave. Uh, I know you said that he – he absolutely has to be in, in everybody's top five and let, otherwise you're doing it wrong. But when you compare him to Garrett Wilson, is there one you like more than the other? It's close. Uh, I'll, I'll start off with that. It's, it's basically like a, a minus difference at mm-hmm. best, but, and for a while I had it basically this at the same grade for both these guys. 
But for me, it's Chris Olave. And that I think that's a little bit of a hot take because Garrett Wilson is a lot of people's number one overall wide receiver. And most people have a good three to four or maybe even five wide receivers between these two guys. Mm. But for me, and a lot of it is uh, in the same vein as why Matt Harmon likes him so much. And if you haven't checked out Matt Harmon's work with Reception Perception, you absolutely should. Please do. Because there aren't many better sources to view how good a, a wide receiver is at winning on his routes than that product. And... He loves Chris Olave because this guy is one of the most incredibly talented route runners I have ever seen on tape. And it's interesting because he does it in a little bit different way. So Garrett Wilson is also a very good route runner, but he kind of has that Stephon Diggs, Keenan Allen, incredible cut. Like, how does his knee do that? And suddenly he's going the other direction type of ability to win through his routes. And that's a great way to win. And it's it's very successful at the NFL level. Chris Olave, his ability to win in the vertical route running space is seriously elite. It is unbelievable. It is truly beautiful to watch. I suggest that you guys try to go and find clips of it. He will absolutely cook NFL level cornerbacks, literally guys who are strong NFL corners now like Patrick Sertan, with his his nuance in the vertical route, his head fakes, his ability to accelerate and decelerate, it's he is a craftsman in that way. Hmm. And I, I even have in my notes somewhere. So it, it, with his speed, he turns this into this um, incredibly difficult question every single route of, is he going deep or is he not going deep? And I have this one line in my notes that just says, in all caps, is he going deep or not? I have no idea. He's a wizard. <laughs> Four exclamation points. This guy is literally a wizard. And so if you put him in onto a team where the quarterback is a threat to throw deep and Chris Olave is a threat to go deep, it means that either he's going to win deep or he's going to win underneath. Whichever way he's trying to win, he's going to do it. That's the way I see it with him. And so I think that he I think he could be absolutely incredible at the next level, given the right situation. Um, and he's got tons of other skills as well. The size and the production are kind of the two big question marks, especially in his senior year where, where he kind of stepped back. So those things keep him from, you know, jumping Drake London or maybe even being higher as a prospect for me. But I still really, really like him. And I also like Garrett Wilson. So in, you, know, you mentioned you mentioned that, you know, Olave kind of took a step back his senior year. And, you know, the games I watched, um, you know, I watched a handful of both of these guys. And it just it felt like Wilson, at least last year, was more of the alpha in that wide receiver group there for Ohio State. And so that that immediately kind of made me wonder, well, you know, does that mean Olave has to be a secondary guy in the NFL? I mean, when you look at him, does he have what it takes? Could he maybe not right away? Could he one day be a wide receiver one or is he always sort of destined to be kind of that complimentary piece in a passing game? So it is very, very tough to comp Olave, and I've seen a lot of people do it, and I've seen pretty much a different name every single place that you see a comp. To me, the one that stands out the best, that I like the best, not just because it they kind of have a similar skill set and size, although Olave is a little bigger, I think, and uh, just all-around ability, but because I see them being similar in their fantasy production and in who they can be for us in fantasy is Brandon Cooks. Mm. Is Brandon Cooks a true one? I don't actually know. He's kind of on the <laughs> fringe. He's kind of always been sort of that, but not really ever that. Um, and part of that is his size and the fact that he's more of a deep threat kind of guy. And so we don't think of him like we think of the, you know, Mike Evanses or Allen Robinses if he got a good quarterback, those kinds of guys who were bigger. But Brandon Cooks has been perennially, at least every year he's had a half-decent quarterback and even several years that he didn't, or a couple years that he didn't, because mostly he had Hall of Famers, he has been a fringe wide receiver one, a top 15 guy reliably. I think Chris Olave can be that kind of guy. Is he ever going to be, you know, the number one wide receiver in fantasy? Maybe not, although he could be, but probably I wouldn't bet on it. But it, can he be a Brandon Cooks you know, type of guy? where year in and year out, you're getting value on him in drafts because he's returning top 12 value at a top 20 price? Yes, I think he absolutely can. So I like that comp for his skill set and for you know fantasy expectations. I mean, look, man, having a Brandon Cooks-type career is not a bad thing. Um, not at all. I, I, 
I'm always amazed that it, it feels like Brandon Cooks seems to be getting traded around the league. I know he I know he just uh, you know re-upped in Houston, so he's going to be back there. But uh, the fact that he went, it seemed like every year Brandon Cooks was getting traded to somebody else was always a head scratcher to me because this is yep. a guy that uh, you know showed up and would would reliably give you a thousand yards, a, a decent handful of touchdowns. Uh, was generally just consistent week to week. It just it, it boggled my mind that you know a team wouldn't want to hang on to a guy like that. Uh, but you know if if that's what we get out of Chris Olave, I think there there are certainly worse things in the world uh, than than that level of production. Um, Christian Watson was a name that that I think early on in this process was getting a whole lot of run. Uh, you know, big, tall, speedster guy. Uh, you know, went to an FCS school. I feel like you know we have the same kind of conversations with all these FCS guys about level of competition or what have you. The one thing that jumped out at me though is you know his relatively low catch numbers. I mean, this is a guy that was averaging you know maybe three four catches a game. I think his final year he had forty three catches. Uh, I mean, not it's not a huge number necessarily. Did that worry you at all when you were when you were doing your evaluations for him? Um, I think it was a starting point that then created a bit of worry as I watched him on tape. So, and I, that's typically the way that I like to do things is look at a guy's production, see, you know, where did he succeed? How did he succeed? When did he succeed? And then watch the tape and see why. And so if I watched the tape on Christian Watson and I saw that his team was just running the ball so much that, you know, he didn't get that many targets. And so he didn't get that many catches, but he was being used everywhere. I don't think I would feel that bad. To me, that's not the case with Christian Watson. The reason he didn't get a lot of catches is because he was only targeted deep. His average depth of target over the last two years is 16.4. Most of the guys we're talking about in his class are around the 10 to 11 range. His uh, He will only be, well, he was only targeted deep in college. I see that probably being the case at the next level. He is just a big deep threat kind of guy. And the reason for that, and this is kind of what I'm talking about with why I didn't like it and why it does create worry for me, I only saw one winning move from him. Only one in all the tape that I watched, and that is where he will slow roll the DB off the line and then kind of hit this second gear, which he has in spades. It is an incredible second gear, especially for his size, and he'll burst past the DB and he'll be three yards past him. The ball will go up and he'll have a deep touchdown. But that's the only way I saw him win. And I do not like that for a wide receiver prospect. I want them to be able to win in multiple ways, like with Drake London, like with Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson. Um, yeah, so I, I did not see that with him. So it created concern. Can he be like, for me, the comps that I wrote down are like Tyrell Williams type of guy? Hmm. Probably. Like he can probably have a few hundred yard games a, a year. He'll be maybe a nice best ball or every once in a while he'll, he'll hit for DFS. He'll be that type of receiver, but I don't see him being a guy that you want to be drafting in the first six rounds of your fantasy drafts or even the first two rounds of your rookie drafts. To me, he's kind of a complimentary deep speed piece, and that showed up on the tape along with the stats for me. So speaking of, of you know, bigger guys uh, out there having success, Trey Burks, uh, you know, is another guy who's a, you know, he's a bigger bodied guy. I know that uh, at the combine, his 40 time didn't necessarily impress a lot of people, but it felt like for me, maybe for you, maybe you felt differently, but like his game speed seems a lot more relevant than his his workout speed i mean like this is a guy who against alabama a team that you know every year is just loaded with nfl prospects went out and had one of his best games of the season um i mean how do you feel about him is he is he a guy where it, it is really more about the tape than it is the, the the workout measurements yeah well as a starting point i'll say for the most part for me it's more about the tape than the workout measurements across the board with mm -hmm. these guys especially in a year where everyone seems to run a sub 4-4 and, and the initial times were miles off of the actual times. I, I don't know how sold I am on these 4-3-9 guys, <laughs> the eight of them in this trap. Or whatever. Everyone is fast now. Like yes. <laughs> um, but with Burks, I, would, I think I would agree with you. I think that you see more of game speed on tape than maybe a slow 40 would tell you. And I don't think that that really is the concern for me with him. What does concern me a little bit more, I think he's not quite sudden enough in his routes and doesn't have enough urgency in his routes 
to get open very often. And I think he might need to be a big slot guy at the next level to be open frequently. I didn't see him win off the line, you know, versus press man coverage very much. And so that, that kind of concerns me a little bit more than his speed, but he has a lot of other strengths. He's a monstrous contested catch guy. He's great after the catch, very tough. And he's a smooth route runner as well. So I think if you get him in the slot and you expect him to be a big slot guy, he can be very productive. He's kind of a tier below the other guys we've talked about so far and one other guy that I have above him. But he is he's right into that next tier. And so I think that he'll be – I think he can be a very productive fantasy receiver, maybe not elite, and the speed is not really you know a huge concern for me in that regard. Um. Well, that's about Jamison Williams, too. I mean, the guy was having a, a great year, unfortunately suffers the injury in, in the national championship game. Um, before that, I mean, what, what, how, do you, how are you feeling? I mean, what, what are your, your takeaways on Jamison Williams? Jamison Williams is an interesting one. I think that for, for whatever reason, he might be lower for me relative to where everyone else has him than any other wide receiver that we've talked about. And not horrifically so to where I'm like, this guy's a bust, don't touch him. But I just think that to me, what I saw is he has elite speed, extremely impressive, you know, whether it's before the catch to get open, whether it's after the catch, whether it's on reverses or handoffs, he will blow by people and it will turn into good yardage, which is good for us in fantasy. Um, And he does have a lot of good uh, route running abilities and quick comeback stuff. But I was not that impressed with kind of his competitive toughness overall. His blocking ability didn't stand out to me. In fact, it was pretty bad. Uh, After the catch, when he's not using his speed, he didn't seem very tough. And so a lot of that stuff kind of pulled him back down for me a little bit. I think that if you get him to a system where his speed is utilized and you get him into open space, uh, with the ability to run deep or to run fast to the outside or past, you know, defenders, he is going to be very productive. So if he goes to the chiefs, this is a guy I would like to go to the chiefs. If he goes to the chiefs, I think it could be really, really strong for him and for the team. If he goes to somewhere they, where they want him to be a one, I don't really like that. And it, for further context, him going to the chiefs is not to be Tyree kill. It's just because they know how to utilize speed incredibly well and I think that they, they could mix him in with the other guys they have in a, in a situation where no one has to be a true alpha, then I would like Jamison Williams a lot. But I think that there's a lot of places that he could go where I wouldn't like him too much, and he didn't feel as well-rounded to me as some of these other guys. So he's a little lower for me. So of, of the the kind of top-tier guys, I mean, you talk about some guys being situation-dependent. Is there one that you feel like really does have to land in the right situation in order to be you know, their most productive? Jameson Williams would be pretty high on that list. Another one that I think stands out to me, and it's kind of for similar reasons, is George Pickens. Um, one of the one of the standout things for me in my notes on him is, again, he has the speed. He is a monster deep threat, but he kind of needs to be thrown open because I didn't see him get open on his own enough, like Chris Olave does, like Garrett Wilson did. Um, it, it, he's most dangerous as like a timing threat. So if he can get on a good page with a smart quarterback uh, and then they can unlock his speed, I think he could be an absolute monster. But if he, so for example, Packers and Jets, right? Obviously those are two vastly different situations, at least in terms of quarterback ability. But if Drake London went to the Packers versus the Jets, or if Chris Olave went to the Packers versus the Jets, I would feel a little sad if they went to the Jets (laughs) versus the Packers, but I would feel like they could still be productive. If George Pickens goes to the Packers, I think he could be incredible. I think that's one of the best landing spots for him, assuming that Aaron Rodgers sticks around more than just one year, which is not a given. But a type of place like that where the quarterback is extremely intelligent and able to throw receivers open to some degree and then utilize their speed in that way. But if he goes somewhere like the Jets, I'm not touching him with a 10-foot pole. I don't (laughs) think he can get open well enough. Like Elijah Moore, I think he can succeed on the Jets because he knows how to get himself open. George Pickens for me doesn't, and Zach Wilson's not throwing anybody open, and the quarterback they probably draft next year because Zach Wilson's terrible again might not either. So, yeah, it's a little it's a little tough for me. So you were sort of intimating that maybe you had uh, a guy in mind that you would like to see the Packers draft. 
can you can you name who that might be? Uh, I I'm okay honestly with any of the top three that we hit on: Drake mm-hmm. London, Chris Olave, or Garrett Wilson. They're my top three. I think they're most people's top three in some degree. Trey Burks shows up in a lot of those, so I like I like all those options. Um, for me, and I, I this is I think looking at the tea leaves of draft talk lately. I don't know if Drake London will be there that late. So when I mentioned, if you really like a guy and you want to package something together, go up a little bit, it would kind of be for, assuming they they view him like I do, for Drake London. Because again, I think he can be that true one. And in fairness, you know, Devontae Adams is uh, was less of a speedster and less, uh, less of a, um, you know, super sudden route runner, runner and more of just a craftsman with an incredible release who had a big body and was very, very smart and knew how to get open. And I think Drake London can fill some of those roles, maybe not as good of a separator as Adams was throughout the route in general, but bring a lot of those abilities, be that big guy uh, and be a true one for the Packers. So, but again, I like, I like a couple other names. I like a third name or fourth name, I guess that we haven't even talked about. Who's kind of a lower uh, on the list guy that we might get to in a bit. So I won't spoil it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I would like Drake London the best there. I say this: I'm old enough to remember when you know Devontae Adams was almost considered a bust, right? Like as a mm, rookie, mm-hmm. he uh, he struggled to get open. He had a bunch of drops. Everybody's like, "What's the problem? This guy's never going to make it." Now you know he's arguably the best wide receiver uh, in the National Football League. Um, all right, so you're sort of hinting there's some guys that are a little bit lower on your list. I mean, who's a guy that that maybe we haven't talked about, or maybe who's not getting enough attention that you really have kind of fallen in love with? Yeah, so the, the standout for me, and it, when you say they're not being talked about too much, it depends on where you look. Because if you look on fantasy Twitter, Sky Moore is getting talked about mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah. But if you look outside of fantasy Twitter, he's really not. Um, and he's more in like the mid to high second round range for most people than a lot of the names we've hit on so far that are being, uh, you know, mocked in the first round. But I love Sky Moore. He's my wide receiver four. He's ahead of Trey Burks for me. I think he could be great for the Packers if they want to go this kind of receiver, which is a lot different than a Drake London and fits more like the Randall Cobb type of mold than he does the uh, Devontae Adams type of mold. But Sky Moore is, the best word for me for him is punchy. He's super quick and energetic and nimble and tough. A lot. I've seen people compare him to Austin Eckler almost more than they mm-hmm. do to other wide receivers, and part of that is his size. He's short and kind of squat, um, and I like that. I like that in, the, in his ability to run after the catch is incredible because of that. That, that kind of running back uh, mold body type works well for him. He's very shifty. He's very fast, uh, and that a lot of that speed, which we you know he can threaten deep routes with. He also has incredibly fast comeback ability, which is something that I really like to see because it means if you can threaten that speed deep and the, the DB plays you off and you come back quickly, you're going to have a first down every single time. And if you have yak ability, which Sky Moore has, you're going to have four yards of separation from that DB. You're going to be able to get around him and then you have a lot of open field. So I really like Sky Moore. I think that I think that he should go in the first round. We'll see if he does. Um, I think he'll still be there for the Packers. So the best case scenario for me for the Packers is they get like an Alave and a Sky Moore with those later two picks and don't even have to trade up for Drake London. But I think he could be great in a lot of different places. And I think that he kind of fits this role that the NFL is starting to explore a little bit more, especially with a guy like Debo Samuel, where he can do a lot of different things, be used in a lot of different ways and use Yak to win more than you know the olden days of jump up and win uh that we used to see a lot more so as we're as we're looking at this right now um how many wide receivers would you expect come off the board in the first round i mean i'm seeing maybe seven eight potentially i think it seems like the top end how many would you expect to see that first yeah day? i've seen mostly in the five to six range and i think that it's most likely that we fall one of those two numbers five or six Um, I think most of the guys, you know, that you brought up are going to go in the first round and the question mark for whether it gets up to six, seven or eight is our guys like Sky Moore going to go there. Another guy I like is Jalen Tolbert. 
Um, there's some questions if Mechie might go that high, given his ability, even though he got injured. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be a lot. Um, I would guess five or six, but it could be more. And the question is just who's going to be the best of that group because there's going to be plenty of options or are they all going to be great? Yeah, it, it should be interesting. Um, you know, I feel like I feel like maybe the top end of this draft class isn't maybe quite as talented as the top end of other draft classes, but maybe it's as or or deeper mm -hmm. uh, than some of the other recent draft classes. So uh, should be fun, should be interesting, and uh, definitely looking forward to it. It all kicks off uh, eight days from now in beautiful Las Vegas. So uh, oh. we will we will definitely talk more about that uh, once these guys have homes. It's it's sort of fun to talk about this now, Matt, but it's a lot more fun to talk about it when these guys actually have homes. Yep, uh, and we can kind of start to figure out how their skill sets work. Uh, in their respective offenses. So, uh, dude, always appreciate it, man. Always always a good conversation. Always appreciate you jumping in when you have a chance, dude. Oh, always appreciate being on. I love talking wide receivers and uh, apparently Kardashians. Yeah, Kardashians is too. Uh, I know, like, you know, I know you're you're kind of off doing your own thing. Is there are, is there stuff uh, that folks should be paying attention to? Or are you, are you brewing something up for uh, for the draft? Uh, no, I, I'm, I'm relaxing mostly. I'll be uh, back working at the network for the draft. So I'll be doing that, but... For the most part, I'm going to be I'm going to be actually taking a draft to watch and enjoy for once this year, which is rare. awesome. Well, uh, we'll definitely enjoy it. And uh, I'm sure we will talk again uh, in the very near future. So uh, anyway, go check him out. If you don't already, you should follow him at Matt Okada. Uh, I'm sure that even once the draft is over, I'm sure he'll have something interesting uh, about mm -hmm. some of these guys and, and where they land, too. So uh, be sure to check him out there. In the meantime, for us, that'll do it for this edition of this uh, NFL Fantasy Football Podcast. Stay happy, safe and healthy. Do good and live well. We will talk to you next week.